Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, author of Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Life and host of this podcast, Incredible Life Creator. And today I have with me Miss Maria Christina Sheehan. Hey, Maria. Hi, glad to be here. Yes, we are happy to have you. And I'm going to read your bio so everybody knows kind of who you are. And then we're going to ask you your story. So Miss Maria Christina Sheehan is an expert on aging as we know it. At the age of 69, she stepped away from her academic career where she served as a CEO for 20 years and into the world of fitness. Today, at the age of 77, she is a natural body fitness competitor, winning multiple gold and silver medals in bikini, swimsuit, and sports model categories in international competition since 2017. She became a health coach and fitness trainer and coaching women over 55, both online and in person. She's a sought-after speaker for audiences that want to improve their health and turn back the clock. Welcome to the podcast. Very good to be here, Kimberly. Yeah, so we want to hear this because you started this at age 69. Most people are just like settling for the fact that, hey, this this body is just like growing and I don't have a choice. So I want to hear your story. Tell me how you started out, how you got to be doing, you know, what you're doing now. Well, I never thought I would be at this place. Uh, I was an academician for over 45 years. So I moved up the ranks in the academic world, you know, from, you know, baccalaureate degree to a master's degree to another master's degree to a doctorate degree to um, coordinator, dean, and vice chancellor, all the way up to the position of president. And I did that for um, 20 years. I was 20 years of president in two different states. And as I look back on my childhood, I was like the most unathletic child ever. I was the kid that nobody wanted to pick for the team, right, for dodgeball, because I would be like out first because I couldn't run. <laughs> so, so to be to be in this transition is, is is quite something. And so I never really pursued anything athletic because I was in this world of of uh, higher education where your what you published mattered, not what you look like, you know, how much weight you gained or and so so it's sedentary. It's often very sedentary, and so you do gain a lot of weight. And it uh, gets to be at a point where I knew I needed to do something. So I would do what most people do when they need to make a change, right? So you say, well, gee, I'm gaining a lot of weight. So I tried all the diets, all the different packaged meals that you could get that where you'd lose weight. I tried low-fat, non-fat. I tried um, all the exercise programs. Nothing was working. And so at age 69 for my 69th birthday I gave myself a present and the present was a trainer and my financial advisor said as I'm getting to the end of my career I think you should see my trainer because he'd seen me you know expand <laughs> over the years <laughs> and I I wasn't even I wasn't even insulted by that because I had already tr I tried everything and nothing was really working for me and so, but here, here's where I almost stopped. And that's the point where I think a lot of women stop 
and that's the idea of getting hulky, bulky muscles, you know, and afraid to try um, anything that had to do with weight and, and, and resistance training. And that's what happened to me. And I thought, well, I'm not, I'm going to get over this. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. And what I found was my body could get stronger. A 69 year old body could get stronger. A 70 year old body can get stronger. And I kept getting stronger. And so I, I emerged into this very, very, very straight laced academic world into this uh, whole world of competition. And so after the first two years of training, my trainer said, you know, I think you should, I think you should compete. And I thought, well, why not? Because I was so happy. I was seeing such in dramatic changes in the, how I look, how I felt and a more energy. And so I started on the competition uh, arena uh, in natural natural federation so in the bodybuilding world there's all these different federations there's the natural which tests all the athletes and then there's the others that don't test and then in in the bodybuilding categories there's all of these different kinds of categories there's, there's a brand new one called wellness right now so there's figure and bikini and and, and swimsuit and and it just um, and physique so there's lots of opportunity to compete and so i have enjoyed the experience so i transitioned so i transitioned from something i thought as an academician i would never have turned this corner and be in the state of health that i'm in today yeah so i'm just curious because um you know a lot of us have been in that gain weight, lose weight, gain weight, lose weight. And you had been trying and trying and look in the mirror and same. So after those first few months and you're looking at yourself and your size is actually going down, what was your reaction? Like what <laughs> could you like... Well... <laughs> So at 69, it's pretty thrilling, right? Yeah. It's pretty thrilling to see that your body can actually change. And we don't hear a lot about that. We don't hear that that we can turn that corner, you know, in our 60s and 70s. We don't ever hear that. And so, and we don't see any models. And so we think that it cannot be done, right? We, we just don't envision it. Um, but in my desperation, I tried and then I was... I was really excited to see because you can see the progression of weight. So you start off with, you know, a couple of pounds that you can lift and then, you know, you keep progressing and progressing and progressing. So that shows you that, you know, you have a, you know, a, a, a visual sense of how much better you are becoming. And then it's very exciting. That is exciting when you can keep, you know, especially if you keep track of things which I'm, I'm a, I like keeping track of things. So I like to look at my notebook and say, okay, I, I lifted 20 pounds um, a few weeks ago and now I'm, I'm lifting 30. Ah, oh, that's the most wonderful reward. <laughs> just, just it is. numbers. 
I think that we like to see progress. I, who doesn't like to see progress? And that is so easy because you know what you lifted one week versus what you lift another week. And so it's not a lot of heavy, you know, heavy tracking. Um, it's, it's very obvious and visual. And then you start to see the results in your body. What you cannot do is eat just like a teenager and then think it's all going to be good if you get a trainer okay so there's a lot of moving parts to how we need to age today and it isn't just one thing it's a combination of many things that makes the difference mm -hmm. so when you started with this trainer just looking at the the nutrition part of it i mean i know uh, i've done all sorts of diets it seems like as the years go by we go through different seasons and actually our bodies need different things so what does someone um, up into their 60s, 70s on up, what do they need that's different than what someone in maybe their 30s or 40s needs as far as nutrition? And that's, that's really, really a good question. And the answer is protein, okay? Because we metabolize it a little bit differently as we age than when we when we are younger. There is a physician right now who's done a lot of research about muscle development, uh, skeletal muscle, and uh, her name is Dr. Gabrielle Lyons. She's called the muscle-centric doctor. And she says uh, muscle is the organ of longevity. So it's critical and it doesn't get any any play, okay? So we hear about what we do with cardio. You know, it's all, everything is about cardio and, you know, walking, running, jogging, uh, biking, um, different exercises, and it's all cardio related. Mm -hmm. That's fine and good, but you absolutely have to have the resistance training in there. And if you do that, you've got to add more protein. So I'm always telling clients, Get as much protein in as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't matter which kinds of protein. I mean, I know is that I'm I'm like five foot one, so I know I like meat, but I don't want to eat a whole bunch of meat. Okay. <laughs> and then some people believe in protein shakes, but other people don't believe in protein shakes. They just say it should just be all natural, or should we be getting them from beans? or from vegetables, I mean, where, where should we be getting this protein? So, and it really is very individual about how your body absorbs the nutrients that it's intaking. But there's some general rules about this. So you can get protein um, and, and be a vegetarian. You can get it from all your legumes and, and your beans and, and you can you can get enough to, to, to fortify yourself. Um, you can get the protein from protein uh, powders. You can get it from fish and, and, uh, and you can get it from your dairy. You can get it from your, um, uh, chicken. So you, and you've got a lot of choices in there in terms of adding to protein. A lot of my clients like to have a, uh, a really, um, nice bowl of, of yogurt that has 25 grams per um, three-fourths of a cup and add berries 
and then add some um, some nuts. Now you've got your fat and you've got your antioxidant with your berries. And now you've got your high protein content with your yogurt. So that's a, a nice light breakfast. That's a really good way to, you know, or for a snack, that's a good way to up the ante in terms of how much protein you're intaking. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, you know, it's okay to have fruits that has, you know, some sugar with it, but would you want to eat maybe higher sugar fruits like oranges or bananas, or do you want to avoid grapes? Do you want to avoid those things since they have more sugar in them? So I, I really go for the lower sugar um, fruits because here's the other thing that ages us faster. So there's a lot of research on glucose spikes and the number of glucose spikes that you have, the more that you have, the faster you age is the research that's been done recently. So fruit on overall is great. I like to stay away from that really heavy sugar content and stay with the dark berries for the most part, apples, bananas. Those are those are really good. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So, um, what would you say uh, to someone that you know they've been trying to lose weight for a while? Is it can they just do the diet, or do they have to do the the workouts with it? Um, is it, you know, is stress causing them just to stay overweight? I mean, what are, what is kind of like the package that we have to do to make it work? Okay. So you mentioned stress and this is really a very, very, um, uh, a very, very critical area to talk about because when we are highly stressed, we release that hormone cortisol and that just has us retaining especially the belly weight okay so we really need to manage stress and we don't talk about that very much but that can be an inhibitor to losing the weight so you can be doing things right but then you're totally stressed and you're not sleeping mm -hmm. you're not going to lose the weight so let's just talk about that one thing for a second okay so if we're talking about reducing stress first of all we have to know that we are absorbing stress. So if we're in a uh, a difficult, we know when we're in a difficult situation. Okay, so we know that we generally know when we're under stress, and it doesn't allow you to have the kind of productivity that you want in your life if you're under a lot of stress. So there are, and it also will interrupt your sleep. Okay, so if you're not sleeping, you're not going to lose weight either. Okay, so so you have to manage the stress. And you have to honor the number of hours of sleep that you get. Okay, so there's a whole number of ways of managing stress. And one of them is breathing techniques. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, another one is meditation, prayer. You've got to find that one thing that gives you that level of reduction of that high level of, of anxiety. So uh, the first is the recognition that it is an issue. And the second is the decision that you are going to manage it because you absolutely can. And sleep, we know if we find a, a, uh, a way, a habit of doing everything the same each night. So our bodies know, okay, when the lights go a little bit dimmer, when the, when the room gets a little bit cooler, um, when we're turning off all the electronics, 
So we're starting to set up a pattern of what our body expects for it to power down and accept sleep. So getting into that pattern of not getting into um, a, a contentious email discussion right before you go to sleep. So I tell some of my clients that are really multitaskers, write it all down. Okay, so write the top things that you would worry about <laughs> all night. And now you've written it down, walk away. Mm -hmm. You're going to pick it up the next morning. But now you don't have to think about it because you already wrote it down and you know what you have to address. So address it the next day. So that honoring of the sleep and, and reducing the anxiety is part of this package of losing weight. Now, you cannot just exercise your heart out and eat pizza. It's just not <laughs> going to work, right? So we could do that probably in our 20s and some of us in our 30s, we could drop the weight just like that. But now, um, as we get older, we really have to be a lot more careful. So it doesn't mean that you can never have a treat here and there. It doesn't mean that you can never have a glass of wine or a cocktail here and there. But it does mean that you cannot do that every night. And the critical thing is, as we honor protein, we avoid sugar. Okay, so sugar is probably, sugar and flour are called the most addictive ingredients we can put into our body. As addictive as cocaine and heroin. They're called the new heroin and cocaine, sugar and flour. And it's very addictive. Because what do the food manufacturers want for us? Coming back for more. Right. Coming back for more. Okay. So, and we do. <laughs> so <laughs> who can have that one cookie, right? <laughs> that one piece of candy? No, uh, we're going to have another. And, and then we really have to watch what is on our grocery shelves today. So there is a, a wonderful book by Vana Hari, and it's called Feeding You Lies. And it's an expose on the food industry. And what she says is, what is in our food today is not about our health. It's about the bottom line profitability of the food manufacturers. So they've got to keep whatever is on the shelf there longer, right? So the ingredients go in to keep it there, <laughs> have a shelf life longer, and to have ingredients that are going to make us want to intake more. And then in our country, we we like to supersize everything, right? Yes. So we're, <laughs> as if it's not bad enough, we're going to have a larger amount of it uh, to intake. And so we have to, to look for as much food that we can actually make ourselves as opposed to what's going to be in a package. And then we have to become very good readers of the labels because what is happening right now is the food manufacturers are getting pretty sharp. Now they know that people don't want to get to be unhealthy, right? So mm -hmm. they will say, uh, you know, they'll say low fat and we think that's good or non-fat and we think that's good. Or they will say healthy, natural, which it's not regulated. Everything can be natural. Mm -hmm. So, um, and they can say healthy on their package and then, and, and, and they can make it look as if, it's going to be good for us. So unless we read the label and if it says sugar-free, that is, that's a warning sign, okay? Because there's something in it to sweeten the product 
that is made artificially. So there's artificial ingredients going into our body. So the less artificial that we can get, <laughs> the better off we're going to be. So as a global, you know, just rule of thumb, if we can be looking at what's all natural, all really natural coming out of the ground and organic so that it's not, and, and not anything that's not processed. Okay, so if we use that as our kind of our guideline, then we should be okay. Exactly. And I know someone taught me this years ago, they said, if it says natural flavors, that means they can put anything they want in it under that label, yes. natural flavors. <laughs> you think of natural, like, oh, maybe it's fruit juice. No, no, it's not. It's it's some chemical. <laughs> it's so they're it's calling alarming. <laughs> it is alarming. Um, so this, the author of, of uh, Feeding You Lies, does a number of uh, videos and, and, and posts on Instagram and Facebook. And she was going through the market aisle for children's aspirin, children's uh, remedies, and pulled a package. And one of the first ingredients was red dye and then corn syrup. And, and then it went on from there. So she, out of the eight ingredients eight to ten ingredients six of them were detrimental and wow. that's for our children that's for our children yeah so read the labels <laughs> read the labels read absolutely the label. <laughs> <laughs> i i love what you said about natural flavors because that's so true mm -hmm. exactly so um you know uh, so many of us age before our time and is, is it just a mindset do we just expect we're going to get older and we're going to gain weight and we're going to get wrinkles and we're going to get gray hair we just expect it so we're why is this happening do we have to, <laughs> do we have to i mean i don't know what other people but i don't want to go in that direction if i don't have to absolutely and you don't have to so there was a there was a study of what people thought old was. What's the age? Invariably, the number was 70. So what is that? Okay, so we're already thinking, okay, 70 is old. All right, so you're going to start leading your life in that direction that you're going to be old when you get to that point. So then what are you not going to do? You're probably not going to move as much. You're not going to expect as much out of your body that you should be expecting. So I like to say the body goes where the mind takes it. Okay, so we start to think we can't do it. We absolutely cannot do it, right? So we have to send ourselves a different message. Now, it's not totally our fault because what we see in the media is this presentation of what is 70, right? And it's usually not very good. Or we see a superstar like Cher or um, Goldie Hawn, and they're both 77. And we say, oh yeah, but they could have a trainer and this and that, and this. so that's how they could look like that. But the reality is it's there for everybody. It is there for everybody. So what are they doing that's so special? Okay. Now, well, I could say, oh, well, they get the, all the plastic work. Well, okay. Um, that aside, these women are keeping great looking bodies, right? 
great looking body. He said, you cannot keep a great looking body and, and, and have that surgically, magically attached to you. They're eating the right way, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're exercising. And they're not thinking that they're old. Those three things. Now, I think that we're just starting to see a little crack in the media portrays us as we get older. And the best example that I love is that of um, Martha Stewart on the swimsuit cover of Sports Mm -hmm. Illustrated. Wasn't that fabulous? Okay, so there she is looking great, coming out of the water, you know, just fabulous at 81. At 81. Okay, so that's kind of breaking that that, uh, pattern or belief that someone at 80 cannot be on a swimsuit cover uh um, why not okay and then there's this new um new series a golden bachelor okay (laughs) i don't know if you've seen it i haven't seen it tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) okay so golden bachelor is 72 and he had his pick of the ladies that were 25 of these women who were from 60 to 75, I believe, 60 to 75. And there was not one of them that didn't look absolutely fabulous, absolutely fabulous. So what are they doing? Okay, they're watching what they eat for the most part. They're getting a lot of exercise and they're dre- they're not dressing like grandmas because we don't need to dress like grandmas. Mm-hmm. We can do it differently. That's right. We can do, do it differently. So I don't know. Um, well, maybe not everybody feels this way, but I love to swim. And so I want to go to the pool and I want to wear my bikini. Absolutely. There's been there's been a couple of years where I'm like, okay, where did this come from? I guess I can't wear my bikini. Uh, that's very upsetting. We don't want things to change. We want things to be the way they always have been. And we have the control. It's just what we need to take it. We need to know that it is there. And there are these fabulous ladies. I remember seeing Joan Collins in this beautiful white swimsuit in her late 70s. She's still wearing a two-piece. I think she's 90 now. Okay, so, okay. She's not letting age take her to a bad place. She, we want to enjoy our bodies as women. We want to, we want to celebrate the fact that we have great bodies and we don't want that to disappear just because a few more candles are on the birthday cake exactly and and talk about menopause because i know that's when that was that time and it wasn't that long it was like a couple of years ago when i was just like what is happening i hadn't changed my diet i hadn't changed i was very active i was eating healthy and i'm like what am i supposed to do with it <laughs> <laughs> I I think the biggest um, the biggest recommendation I would give is not to give up. Okay, and so it is hard, and it and it and it varies on how hard it is for whoever it is, right? And so some people seem to kind of slide through pretty quickly, and 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 others really struggle with it. But I thought it was a hard time. It was a very hard time. And so I think for the majority of women, it is a hard time. Our bodies change and we do gain weight. And and then the, the problem comes is then we think, this is it. 
That's it. This is the way it's going to be. I'm always going to be heavy. Um, I look around, my friends are all heavy too. So I'm going to be heavy. Now, the longevity specialists are saying, this is not an issue of cosmetics. This is an issue of how long you're going to live and how well you're going to live in the years ahead. They're saying that there is a definite relationship between excess weight and the quality of our years ahead and the length of our years ahead. So both are going to be, um, uh, both of these are going to be affected. So uh, Dr. David Sinclair is one of these really um, incredible leaders of research and longevity. And he's saying, even a few pounds can make a difference. Stay a little hungry, stay a little lean. You will live longer, better. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the other side. Now, there's um, some of us that are getting thinner as we get older. So it's the kind of the other side of the coin where we're getting thinner. We're looking frail. Maybe the cheeks are coming in and we're like <laughs> looking old because I'm getting so skinny because there's both there's those both sides of that. And there's people that have that issue Absolutely. also and what would what would your be their, your advice for them because obviously they still want to eat healthy but maybe they need to eat more or do they just need to exercise what what should they do <laughs> so the first thing i would want to know is how many calories are they intaking and so oftentimes women um, who are used to dieting and want to stay skinny don't put enough calories into their body not enough good quality calories into their body they're certainly not getting enough protein mm -hmm. and probably just um really staying in a calorie deficit that's keeping them so frail so for that person i'd, I'd want to say how how many calories are you really intaking what about the protein what are you really eating um and that's keeping you at this level then i would say in, a, in addition to that you got to start some resistance training. You have to. Mm -hmm. Because in, it's called skinny fat. Okay, so mm -hmm. you're thin, but you're, you're flabby and you have no muscle. And that, again, does not bode well for the future years. So now you have a spring or a break and now you're having trouble recovering because you don't have any muscle and you, you haven't had enough protein in your body your resistance level is low and now you're at serious risk so most women are at risk because no one does anything that's attached to resistance training well very few okay very few so it's something that needs more attention because it's so beneficial uh, so when it comes to resistance training you know, we all know that if we do resistance training, it builds our bones. But at the same time, people thinking about resistance training, especially if they haven't been an exerciser most of their life, they're thinking, well, gosh, the doctor already said I have some osteoporosis. What if I lift something and it breaks something? You know, there's, <laughs> again, that, you know, how do we do it so that we're safe and we start building those bones and muscles? um and, and and not break something right and so that's that's really a good point because that's the reason so many people do not start they're afraid 
Okay. So they're afraid they're going to break something. And the reality is if they don't do something, they are going to break something. So the, the key is getting into a class or watching tapes on, you know, a YouTube that start you out. Okay. That start you out. So I have a little, a little quick, um, introduction to weight training is let's do weights and it's it's just here's what you do here's how you start and you start slow just two pounds you can work up from there so what we do know is that this does work no matter how old you are so there have been a couple of studies with centenarians now they're 100 years old and with some light weight they were able to build up a little more muscle mass okay so if they can do it at 100 and not hurt themselves certainly anyone under that age can by starting with with just two pound weights getting watching a video of how to begin or getting into a class or getting a trainer those those are the options yeah and the other thing is sometimes people don't want to exercise because they're like I'm too tired. You know, <laughs> they don't, they feel like they don't have the energy anymore. Like, oh, I get out of breath if I just walk fast down the street or, you know, if I just bring my groceries in by the time I get them all in, I just want to sit down. So they think, <laughs> so how do we age and up that energy? Well, the reality is the more to the greater level of energy that we do get. Okay, so that person that's huffing and puffing to get to the end of the block, the issue is consistency. So that person does that block again the next day, and then the next day, they're going to be able to go farther and farther with each day that they persist. What The problem happens when we stop. And so this whole um this whole notion of fitness and staying on that journey, it is not for a day or a month or to lose weight for a particular event. It's a lifetime of very small, consistent steps. So the reason that we often do not start is that we think it's too much. It's going to take it's going to be too much for us. It's going to be too hard. I'm going to have to go to the gym and spend, you know, three hours a day. And it's absolutely not that. So I train as a fitness competitor. I spend three hours a week with my trainer, three hours a week. Now, in between, I am doing my walking, my cardio, my, you know, my elliptical, my treadmill. I am doing something every single day, but not hours in the gym so when we think of how many hours you actually have and this is what it takes to be competitive three hours plus something every day look at how much less that is for someone who doesn't want to compete hope to compete just want to stay fit so who can't do 10 minutes a day yeah really with some very specific exercises 10 minutes a day you can be good. And I was going to ask you if you had any kind of hacks for that as far as staying consistent. So I know years ago I had a um, trainer and she would train, I would train with her two days a week, but then I was expected to go to the gym on my own the other days that I wasn't seeing her. 
<laughs> and here's what she told me. She said, if there's a day when you don't feel like working out, that's okay. But here's the thing. You don't have to work out. She said, you do not, you absolutely do not have to work out, but you need to drive to the gym. You need to put your workout clothes on. And once you get there and you have your workout clothes on and you're at the gym, if you do not want to exercise, once you get there, you can take your exercise clothes back off, put your clothes back on and go back home. <laughs> do you know there is not one day I ever got to the gym and didn't want to work out once I got there? So do you have any kind of hacks like that or things that you tell people that help them to I love that. Yes, I think you absolutely have to calendar the event. You really do. So what does that mean? It means putting your shoes and your outfit out the day before. So you're you're absolutely programming yourself to jump into that outfit as soon as you get up in the morning and out the door. So and putting it into your schedule. So I work with a lot of women that are multitasking. They've got the home obligations, a full-time job, and they're trying to figure out how to put it in. Well, they're juggling all those balls. They can juggle one more by just scheduling. When is it going to be? When is it going to fit? Is it going to fit at noon? Okay, slide it in there. Will it fit early morning? Is that when you feel most energized and ready to go? Or I have some people that say, no, at the end of the day, that's when I want to do it. Okay, so it has to fit for you that you're and and the, the, that you're going to do it. Okay, that you're going to make it something that is going to work for you. And so, so individual. But there is enough time in everybody's day to do this mm -hmm. if they choose. Right, if they choose to put it in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you were in academia for 45, 40, over 40 years. <laughs> over 40 years, I was. So are there things that you learned or experienced that made it so that when you did get to this point when you, where you made the decision, because that's what it takes, takes making a decision, you made yes. the decision that I'm going to change this one thing in my life. Is there things that you learned throughout your academic academic career that you use now in your training or in your mindset? I do remember that um, early on in my career, I uh, was vice chancellor for human resources. And every single negative issue of the whole organization, and it was huge, came to my desk. At one point, my husband said, I think you're spending more time with the attorneys than you are with me. <laughs> all these different cases that we were dealing with. And it was very, very stressful. I do remember the one thing that changed that level of stress for me was racquetball. Okay, so my, uh, my dad was very active. And he said that, you know, he, lo he loved racquetball and he, he showed me how to play racquetball and that level of exertion. Can you have this one little ball and you're racking the heck out of it and it's going all over the place. Wonderful exercise and wonderful stress relievers. So I, I wish I had continued that path, but when that um, level of anxiety <laughs> and stress was the greatest for me, the best uh, antidote to that that I had was racquetball. So 
finding and 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 then committing to the time to do it that's the other thing but what i found was i had the time if i could make the time mm -hmm. and i felt better after i had done that and so mm -hmm. as i got into the last years of my um my uh academic career and looked back and i thought well you know that was something that probably would have put me in a far better place at 69 had I kept that up. Mm -hmm. I would have been, you know, uh, I wouldn't have been 25 pounds overweight, feeling, you know, like the um, the years ahead were not going to go very well. Exactly. Yeah, racquetball is pretty intense. And just a um, PBS public service announcement, being the eye doctor, it's one of the number one sports where people lose their eyes. So everyone, please, if you're going to do racquetball, put your safety goggles on. Okay. Please, please, please. <laughs> goggles, goggles are essential. Absolutely. So, yes. So, um, <laughs> wow. Any other uh, tips, thoughts on where people could start or... or so I, I think I, I think that there are three components to aging in the way that we wish to age. And the first component is to visualize how you want it to be. And then to put the steps in place to achieve what it is you would like. So for me, I'm thinking at 85, I'd like to be studying flamenco dance in Madrid. Okay, So how am I going to get there? Okay, first, that's my brain has taken me there. Okay, and saying, yeah, 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 you can do it. But okay, what's the rest of it? Well, I cannot eat pizza every night and have a cocktail. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so the alcohol has to be extremely limited, and whole really uh, clean food choices have to be paramount. And then added to that has to be strength training and some cardio as well. And it has to be on a consistent basis. And then putting together what we talked about, relieving the stress, getting the sleep, getting hydrated, putting it all together, we can make our years ahead fabulous. Beautiful. What I hear you saying is we need to visualize it. In fact, um, I have a coach that she said, you know, imagine what you want and make it real in your mind, make it just so real and so alive. And then she said, now you have a memory you can look back at. It's a memory you created, but you can look back at that memory because the mind can't tell the difference between what we imagine and what's really happening. She said, now you can look back at the memory and remind yourself that's the identity I want. I want that identity of youth, not an identity of getting old. I love it. And then you just claim it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So now I'm going to ask you um, a personal question. What gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life right now? <laughs> I think um, I love seeing the progress of, of clients. I love I love seeing progress in my own life, being able to achieve goals, mm -hmm. um, having a purpose um, of spreading the word of how we can be more healthy brings me great joy. Wonderful. And so if people actually wanted to work with you at this point, could you tell us like, how do they get a hold of you? How do they contact you? Do you have a website? What services do you offer? 
Yes, I uh, have a number of, of services. Let's see. I think I would start with, I have a closed Facebook group. And so I know I will send you that information so you can share. Um, and so ladies can come into that Facebook group. And then I share exercises and I share recipes and, uh, and inspiration. And I highlight women who are over 80, over 90, over 100 years of age. Those are the trailblazers I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have the Facebook group, and then I have an online program. Uh, and then I have a really exciting opportunity for women who want a luxury experience and it's a wellness retreat. And this year it's going next year. It'll be 2024, February 1st through the 7th is this magical experience in Panama of finding your passion for your own fitness journey, as well as having an incredible uh, experience. Uh, So there's the Panama Canal, there's the, San Blas Islands, which we will visit. Um, There are all of these curated experiences in what can you do? What can you take home from this experience and the specific exercises that you can do that we will be doing? No, no equipment. You can take that with you and, and keep your journey going. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I think we all want to go to Panama. (laughs) (laughs) It's set, you know, it's a third world country, so to speak. And um, upscale, beautiful, the, the cityscape, you would believe you're flying into Miami. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and for all your wisdom that you've been sharing. And now we all have to just make that picture of what we want to look like as we get older, how we want to feel. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. So I have one last question before we complete. What is your best advice on living an incredible, amazing life? Decide you want to, and then take the steps necessary. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Maria. (laughs) You're so welcome. Yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, bye-bye.